The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Kevin Reith, who is the CEO of Outright.com. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Thanks, Jordan. Appreciate it. Let's just start a little bit with your background and uh, kind of what got you to uh, form Outright in the first place, and then we'll get into more details about what you offer at Outright. Okay, great. So my background is I've uh, been working in uh, high tech for many years for both large and small companies. And about three years ago, uh, my co-founder, Ben Curran, and I uh, left a large company Intuit, actually, where we worked for many years, to start a web development company, a small business. We started working out of our homes uh, to build websites and web applications for other businesses. And as we were running that, we had to deal with how do we handle our finances. Uh, We had two people in the business. We both worked in different places. And so we were looking for a very simple solution that we could access from both locations over the web. Uh, We were a Macintosh-based shop. And as we were out looking for a solution, we couldn't really find one. Um, and as we started doing development work for other customers, we'd ask them the same question and uh, found the response to be pretty similar, that there wasn't a really good, simple online bookkeeping solution. And as we, you know, we worked on more projects and talked with more and more um, kind of customers and, and friends and, and other small businesses, we found it to be such a common theme. Uh, and then we started to hear people ask, well, you guys know how to build these kind of applications. Why don't you do it? And after about 20 of our you know, clients and, you know, friends and uh, other vendors and stuff asked us that. We said, well, you know, maybe we should. So we uh, we started mocking up some screenshots and we put them out there for people to take a look at to get feedback. Uh, we had people send in kind of their spreadsheets and other things they've been using with manual methods. And that's how we got started with Outright. I mean, the impression most people would have is that what Quicken offers is exactly what small businesses look at. It's designed for small businesses and QuickBooks and all that. Why is there a need for something in addition to what QuickBooks offers? Certainly. So um, I actually you know, worked at Intuit for many years, and uh, a lot of that time was on the Quicken product line. Uh, and what we learned over the years is that uh, the vast majority of small businesses, more than 75% of small businesses, have no employees. So that means the person running the business has to handle all the bookkeeping. And accounting and bookkeeping is not what these folks are passionate about. They don't want to learn concepts like charts of accounts, double-entry bookkeeping, debits and credits and stuff like that. And what you see is that over the years, uh, even products like QuickBooks have become more complex so that the, the average self-employed person really you know, finds it a daunting experience. I mean, when you have software that asks you if you'd like to use the cash or accrual method of accounting, you know, right then and there, you're stumping people. And so that's why we resolved to say, let's, let's build an application that any business owner could use. It has everything you need and nothing that you don't. It's a pretty astounding number. Seventy-five percent have no employees. <laughs> One's impression is that small businesses, you know, have some employees anyway. Is, is that where do you get a number like that? 
that's straight out of the U.S. Census. Uh, in fact, there's so of the 26 to 27 million small businesses, and small business defined as 100 or fewer employees, um, more than 20 million of them have no employees. Um, and that number is rising over time. And as you can see, kind of with, you know, what we talk about as unintentional entrepreneurs, people who maybe have been looking for a job for a while, but they need to make ends meet. They go out and they start, you know, earning a living on the side. Um, they start, you know, finding their own way to make ends meet and put food on the table. They become business owners in the eyes of the government. But to themselves, they just work for themselves. So, you know, you're a real estate agent. You sell items on eBay or Etsy. Um, you're a taxi cab driver. You're a gardener. You're a pet sitter. Um, even if you're just working by yourself, you're a freelancer, um, you're a writer or a blogger, uh, if you earn money uh, directly, you know, somebody pays you, not another company, you're a business in the eyes of the government, and, you know, you need to account for all of the, the money coming in and going out. Are there differences in how you have to account for things if you're a sole proprietor versus a subchapter S or a, a LLC, the different legal forms, does that affect uh, kind of the way you're supposed to be keeping your books? Yes, it very much does, and for that reason, that's why we've chosen to focus outright on sole proprietors only, because the vast majority of small businesses file as sole proprietors. Uh, they file on a cash basis, so they don't have to deal with accrual accounting, and so you just have to, at the end of the year, fill out your Schedule C, which is the part of your personal tax, reform, uh, tax return that tells you how much money you made, profit or loss, from a business. So tell us kind of what happened. You, you had all this feedback from customers, um, and then kind of how long did it take you to put this together, and when did you launch it, and what's been the response to it? Certainly. So we, it probably took us about four months of doing research with customers, uh, showing them prototypes, um, and then we started doing development work on it, and we actually launched it to the public uh, probably about nine months after we really started doing the research and that was in July of 2008. And when we first launched the product, our sole purpose was to basically find out if there's a there there. We launched it. It was very lightweight. It was all, you had to type in all of the information uh, manually. Um, and it was very, very streamlined and basic. And our biggest fear was actually that we'd put out the software and people would kind of chuckle at it and say, well, that's not real software. That's way too simple. Um, and in fact, the opposite occurred. People did, in fact, say it was incredibly simple, but they loved it because of that. And it gets back to the core point, which is accounting and bookkeeping is not where these people want to be spending their time. It drains their nights and weekends because during the day they're running their business, they're earning a living. So to have to deal with this in their off hours when they'd rather be doing anything else, um, to be able to simplify it. And, you know, we get customer feedback and people will be out on Twitter talking about it and they say one of the reasons why they like Outright is that it functions the way they think. And the way we were able to achieve that is when we were talking with customers and we'd ask them, you know, what do you currently use? The number one solution is an Excel spreadsheet or a paper ledger. And so to understand how people really think about this, we would have them send those paper ledgers in, email us the spreadsheet so we could take a look. We weren't interested necessarily in the data, you know, what's going on with our business, but we wanted to see how do they lay out the information conceptually how do they think about this stuff? What makes sense to them? And that's how we designed the software. And so was it pretty much the same when you saw a lot of people's different spreadsheets and ledgers? They, they're pretty much the same? Yes. In fact, when you look at our application and you look at the fields that we have, 
they're very similar to the majority of spreadsheets that we received. And that's kind of how we, you know, we knew we were on the right track. So how much do you charge? Is it a, a subscription base, or how do you charge for this? The core program is completely free and will remain so. Um, we will be rolling out some paid tiers and some other services down the road. We will also be able to do things like, you know, look at your expenses and see if there are opportunities where uh, somebody else can provide a special offer or a coupon uh, to help you save some money, uh, very similar to what Mint.com does on the personal side. So are you creating a community of uh, sole proprietors and entrepreneurs that interact with each other? Uh, we're looking into it. One of the uh, more interesting angles is that we have rolled out the ability for uh, business owners to give access to an accountant or bookkeeper, and we want to help foster that level of communication to start, and that's been uh, in the product for about six months now. And then as we, we start to see, and we'll just be talking with customers to better understand um, how they want to interact with each other. But one thing we, we do know about these very small business owners is they tend to be very collaborative and very supportive. They're nowhere near as competitive as larger companies. Um, apparently, from what we hear, it's because you know, everybody knows they're kind of in the same boat and they're, they don't have all the answers, and so they like to talk to each other, and they already are spending time on the web uh, getting advice and sharing stories and things like that. So you think there will be a community. So I, I'm still not sure I understand your business model. If you're giving this away free and will forever, uh, you'll be able to support this with the, the premium services alone? Yes, uh, as well as being able to offer special offers from other folks. So to give you an example, um, you know, one of the things we help people with is the ability to uh, figure out how much to pay in estimated taxes. Self-employed people have to deal with estimated, have to deal with taxes four times a year. It's not just in April. Um, but they have very little help figuring out how much to pay and when to do it. Uh, so we remind people when it's due. We help them understand the self-employment tax component as well as the income tax. And we will be looking to roll out a service to actually let you pay that electronically online. And that might be something that we charge for. And there are lots of other services like that. Uh, there will be higher-end tiers uh, that have more robust functionality that we will likely charge for. And then you take a case where, in fact, was at a, a conference, at a speaking engagement with uh, someone from one kind of, you know, large uh, telecom company asking about the ability to present offers to people who were spending too much on their telecom with a competitor. Um, that would be something that they'd be interested in doing through us. I see. Uh, so you're creating a community that you could then offer services to, what you're saying. Yes. H have accountants been, been threatened by what you're, you're doing because you're taking away business from them? Or what, what has been the reaction from accountants to sole proprietors? Oh, yeah, it's actually been the opposite reaction. Um, and it's, it's very interesting because at the end of the day, what we're doing for accountants and bookkeepers is helping their clients get a little bit more organized to reduce the amount of data entry at the end of the year. So if you talk with accountants and bookkeepers, you know, their January through April is crazy busy, right? They are working unbelievable hours. And one of the big root causes for that is getting all the data organized from their clients. And so if we can help their clients come in more organized, they get to spend more time on kind of the higher margin value-added tax advice and filing and things like that because nobody, whether it's the accountant, the bookkeeper, the client, nobody really likes the data entry. So the more we can automate the data entry and just automate the bookkeeping so the records are organized when they come in, um, and to the degree that we can help them engage in a conversation throughout the year so you're not waiting until the end of the year to say, what, what was this expense from last July? 
and then some, they have to go hunt and peck through their records. You know, if in July we can give access to the accountant or bookkeeper, if, a, if an entrepreneur is not sure what to do, they can just shoot an email and say, hey, can you take a look at this? The accountant logs in, they can fix it, they can change it. Um, just makes it a lot more streamlined for everybody. Very good. Okay, we're going to go to a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Kevin Reith, who's the CEO of Outright.com, helping small businesses and entrepreneurs. We'll be back after this. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Are you ready to go green? You've asked and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Hi, this is Dr. Vijaya Nair. Together with my dear friend, Dr. Howard Piper, we are hosting our own show called Kiss Your Life Hello. We are two internationally recognized experts, researchers, authors, and health advocates in holistic medicine and counseling. We promise you a fantastic show with interesting guest experts to educate and entertain you with the latest information on mind, body, and spirit wellness. Join us on Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific and 10 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. See you there. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Isa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Isa, where America learns to invest. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is the CEO of Outright.com, Kevin Reith. 
who specializes in helping uh, small businesses and entrepreneurs. Welcome to the show again, Kevin. Thank you very much. Tell people a little bit about what they get uh, when they go uh, to their website, outright.com. Certainly. So first thing you're going to see is uh, just the ability to sign up. It'll take you less than 30 seconds. And just give us an email address and set up a password and you're ready to go. And then we'll give you the ability to automatically pull in information from all kinds of different places on the web. So your credit card spending, uh, if you earn money or pay money through PayPal, if you're an eBay seller, we'll pull in information there. If you do online invoicing, um, there are several partners that, that we work with who automatically pull information to try and put as much of your bookkeeping on autopilot as possible. And then once you've got some information coming in, very first thing you're going to see on a kind of a homepage is a profit and loss statement. We'll categorize your expenses as much as we can and show you kind of how your business is doing. If you look across the top of the application, there are four other tabs, one for income, what money are you earning, another for expenses, and you can also categorize them using categories that just flow perfectly to the IRS tax forms at the end of the year so you don't have to worry about it. Then there's another tab that helps you with taxes, uh, helps you with estimated tax payments four times a year, as well as your Schedule C that will get populated throughout the year. So come April, you're ready to go. And the last tab is for reports where you can see how your business is doing. You can get a report of who your best customers are. You can look at income by customers. You can look at your different expenses by category, and then you can drill down and see the individual transactions. We'll also help for those people who may not have employees but do have use independent contractors. If you pay them more than $600 in a year, you have to send a 1099 at the end of the year. We'll remind you who you paid that much to, um, and coming soon we'll have the ability to help you actually file those. Uh, do you connect to banks? I mean, if you, uh, is the bank information automatically downloaded into the system as well? We do connect to uh, the top credit cards. We are currently investigating ways to automatically pull in your bank information as well. So when you connect to a credit card, uh, you're, you're having expenses in all kinds of different categories, you know, meals and supplies and so on. How does the program you know, put those into the different categories uh, when you just get a credit card statement? When we download the credit cards, uh, many of them have what are called merchant codes behind them, and we have a mapping algorithm that ties them to the proper IRS um, tax line item. And so when we show people in our demos, uh, we even do it with our corporate uh, Amex card, a very popular small business card. And when we download, about two-thirds of them download properly categorized, and we can drill down to show whether it's travel or supplies or utility uh, and the others tend to be very small, uh, kind of mom-and-pop restaurants, things like that. And what we will do over time is as more individual users kind of categorize the ones that we don't know about, the system will learn and get more sophisticated. So this happens automatically. You don't have to download it. Once you've hooked up to it, it just automatically downloads whenever the statement comes out. Is that the way it works? Uh, actually, we do it every night. So with all of our partners, all of our sources, you basically have to set it up once, and then every night we go out and we grab the information, and you don't have to do anything. So it really is, we try and make it as lightweight as possible because we're trying to give people their nights and weekends back. What kind of security is involved? I mean, you're giving up all kinds of usernames and passwords to enable that to happen. Have you had any security breaches? We have not. So with most of our partners, we actually do not store username or password. We basically link over to their website. You log in there, and they return a token behind the scenes. So it's never we never have your login credentials. 
for the credit cards, we actually partner with a company called Expensify um, that has uh, full encryption. They, they store the information behind firewalls. Um, they have the same level of security that the credit cards themselves have um, and that the government actually mandates in terms of, you know, what you need to do to protect that information. What are some of the things that consumers or entrepreneurs particularly do wrong and what are the consequences of that as far as not keeping up in their bookkeeping in a good way? So honestly, the number one thing, the number one mistake or problem area they get into is that they don't stay organized. They let things slip through the cracks. Um, and the advice we give people, even if they don't want to stay on top of this, you know, on a daily or weekly basis, is at minimum, whether you think something is a deduction or not, or, or it's tied to business, or you're not sure how to handle it, stick it somewhere. Stick it in a shoebox, stick it in a filing cabinet, um, so that you can have that conversation with an accountant or bookkeeper at the year, at the end of the year. What you don't want to do is find yourself at the end of the year, you were too busy, and you know, questions come up and you find out, oh, I could have written off, you know, all of these expenses, but I just didn't keep any records of them. So that's the number one piece of advice we give people. And, you know, whether they use our software or not, our, our golden kind of rule is keep everything. Just keep it in a box somewhere, organize it. If you're not sure, don't worry about it. You can figure it out later. What are some of the most commonly missed deductions that uh, sole proprietors uh, miss? So one of the biggest ones that a lot of people are honestly afraid to claim because it's considered such a red flag is the home office deduction. And in fact, uh, we have lots of customers who sell products on eBay and Etsy and other online marketplaces. And we've had conversations with them where they actually use a room to store inventory, which is one of the greatest claims you can make for a home office deduction because you're clearly not using it for personal reasons. And yet, even though they're using it exclusively to store inventory for a business, they're afraid to claim that deduction for fear of the IRS. Um, so that's one of the things that, you know, we really want to help people. And this is, you know, part of the education component we want to get to over time and, and part of how we're going to use the proceeds from our recent round of funding um, to help educate people on what they can do. So what uh, is the even, fear about? The fear is that uh, they'll get audited or something? Or what's the fear about they're claiming an illegitimate home business deduction? It's, it's really fear of being audited. Um, you know, I use a phrase where other people, fear of the IRS is worse than the IRS itself um, because, you know, we've been through audits before, and it's just, you know, in most cases trying to figure out the math. Um, and a lot of times people make mistakes. Um, but to share a personal story, uh, I personally filed a tax extension this year, made a payment back in April, uh, assuming I was going to owe money, and then when I filed my personal return, in October, found that there was actually we were going to get a refund, but I forgot about the five thousand dollar payment that I made just to cover expenses because I didn't know. You know what? The IRS caught it, and I got a bigger refund than I thought. So this is something where I made a mistake, and the government didn't have to do anything uh, to resolve it, but they did. So you know, those are some of the stories, and you know, hopefully, what we can do with kind of the small business owners is share some of these stories, what it's like to actually go through the audit, what it takes to really claim the deductions, help people keep track of everything. And again, you know, if you keep track of everything, then you can have a discussion with a professional at the end of the year who can give you that kind of tax advice. Should you be doing that? But there's a lot of money left on the table for people who just don't know what is a deduction and what's not. So you're saying the fear of the IRS and audits is overblown? Uh, for many people, yes. Yes. 
Um, and I think it's, you know, a lot of it has to do with how, how familiar people are with the rules and regulations. But again, you know, even the, the, the Small Business Administration have a great stat, stat that says the compliance burden on these very small businesses is two-thirds greater than larger companies. Biggest reason is because you've got the owner who has to figure it all out versus at larger companies, they have experts who can determine what to claim and what not, right? So when you're all by yourself and you're not sure what to do, a lot of people choose not to try because they're worried about getting audited, they're worried about, you know, getting in trouble when if they, you know, had more time, had more resources, you know, they might choose to do that. So you're saying that uh, by not claiming deductions like home office deductions that they are entitled to because it's legitimate, they're paying more in taxes than they really need to be. Absolutely. In fact, um, I don't know the actual stat on the number of home office deductions claimed. I just know uh, more than 50% of all small businesses are home-based. But I think it's only something like a third of them actually claim the home office deduction. So clearly there are people out there working from home who you know, can claim a home office deduction but are afraid to, right? And this is just one area. This is one example. Um, we spoke a little bit offline about, you know, the, the Section 179 exemption for, uh, you know, depreciating assets. So if you buy expensive uh, equipment and things, you can, you know, with the recent stimulus package, you can write off up to $250,000 in a given year. But for the smallest of small businesses they're never going to spend that much. So that's something that much larger businesses can take advantage of. But what about a smaller business? They're worried about what they can write off. You know, do they write off, you know, some of their research and, and surveying costs? Do they know that they can write off professional how-to books that are tied to their industry, classes that are tied to, you know, how they earn a living? Um, and a lot of this is just they, they have to do everything. They're, you know, jack-of-all-trades. Everything falls on their shoulders. So anything that we can do to help them at least record everything that's tied to their business. So, again, they can have a conversation with somebody who knows a little bit more. So it sounds like they're leaving a lot of money on the table by claiming, not claiming things that they legitimately, just out of fear, basically, is what you're saying. Yes. How about mileage deductions? That's something you hear about a lot as well. Is, is that uh, underreported? Yes. Uh, and, in fact, I remember when we did some preliminary research, I actually went to a class that the local office of SCORE uh, was providing on bookkeeping, and the instructor said that uh, in his experience, this was a CPA with lots of small business clients, his experience, mileage deductions was one of the biggest deductions that people were just not taking advantage of. Um, and that's something that we're going to be looking to help people with very soon. Very good. We're finding out a lot of interesting things about money being left on the table here by small businesses. I'm speaking with Kevin Reith, who's the CEO of Outright.com, and we'll be back after this with much more to help you as a small business and entrepreneur make your business successful. We'll be back after this. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. 
ready to grow your business? Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show with your coach, Rick Corrado. This entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business. You'll learn sales success, time management, lead generation, business development, life balance, and much more. Rick Corrado is here to help you take your business to the next level. Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show, heard live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Journey into the realm of spirit, the source of all things. Master fear in these tumultuous times and learn ancient ways to abundant love and healing. Why Shamanism Now? A practical path to authenticity will awaken the unique genius within you. Host Christina Pratt challenges you to initiate your innate powers within to gain health, well-being, and joy through the practices of Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. Tune in each week to Why Shamanism Now? Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on 7th Wave Network. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Kevin Reith, who is the CEO of Outright.com. Welcome back to the show, Kevin. Thanks, Jordan. You have a uh, kind of a subsidiary website called Unintentional Entrepreneurs. Uh, Tell us how that started and what are some of the things that are available there. Certainly. So that site came about when, uh, back in the early summer, we partnered with Network Solutions, one of the top uh, services for getting a domain and getting a website set up, where we offered a free website to anybody who signed up through Outright for any kind of new-to-the-world business, first-time entrepreneurs. And what we quickly found you know, people would write in and say, thanks so much for the free website. This is awesome. Love Outright. This is great. So what should I do next in terms of my new business? How do I get customers? And, you know, should I form, you know, an S-Corp or an LLC? And, you know, should I advertise on Google? And, and what do I do? And they started asking all these questions, and we realized, wow, we've done a good job of kind of getting people started with a couple of pieces. But there are a lot of folks out there who, you know, have had careers or worked for other people uh, most of their professional lives, and they're out there on their own for the first time. And as we started to talk with these folks, we found people who 
had in fact been out of work looking for jobs for, you know, three, four, six months who are now turning to, you know, maybe I can do some contract work, maybe I can, you know, earn a living here, uh, start a little business. And they had, they were ill-prepared for it. They'd never had any training. They, you know, never needed to learn it. And so uh, Network Solutions and Outright partnered to create unintentionalentrepreneur.com. And we did this, uh, one, to basically start conversations with folks, but also to let folks know about a number of regional events that we set up. Uh, we actually organized local events in San Francisco and Los Angeles, in New York City, uh, in the Washington, D.C. area, as well as uh, Atlanta, Georgia, to basically invite local folks who were kind of starting a business for the first time, especially folks who had uh, been, you know, working for other people to just share stories, get advice. We brought in experts to be able to help not only with the things we knew in terms of, you know, getting a website and a, a domain and getting your bookkeeping set up, but also, you know, how do you get those first five customers, right? For a lot of folks working at bigger companies, well, somebody else always handled that. But when you're out on your own, where do you get that first paying customer? How do you do that? How do you network? Where should you be spending money? Where should you not? How do you really kind of get that business started? And so that's what, what you know, we designed the site to do. And if you go to the site, uh, it's pretty lightweight and it's pretty organic. Uh, we basically have a number of different blogs that plug in uh, where people can contribute and comment. And we've actually set up some groups, like there's a LinkedIn group for unintentional entrepreneurs where people can get in and interact with other business owners to kind of share stories and advice and things like that. Let's talk a little bit about the environment for small businesses these days. I mean, we have a, a credit crunch. Uh, we've got uh, housing is pretty depressed. Uh, retail sales have been weak. Consumer confidence is down. I could go through the whole list of things. Um, in that environment, and we have the stimulus program out there, uh, is this a good or not so good time to be starting a small business? You know, it's funny because a, a lot there's a lot of talk and writing about, um, you know, is a recession a good time to start a small business? Um and I would say, you know, flip it on its side a little bit and say, for a lot of folks, it's not about whether it's a good time or it's more whether it's the right time for them to start a small business because it may be that it is their best option. Now, you mentioned the, the credit crisis. That is absolutely true, and it's hitting a lot of micro-business owners very hard. In fact, our local locksmith for our office when we went to get keys made uh, shared the story about how his line of credit that he's had for 15 years recently got canceled. This is a business that's been prospering for 15 years, and he can't get access to the money. Um, so that is a very real uh, issue and concern. On the flip side, one of the benefits of starting a business in a recession is that you can get deals from other people. And one of the most common techniques new-to-world business owners use is to barter with folks and to negotiate and to get discounts. So, you know, we tell people, you know, if you're starting a new business, whatever you do, one, don't go out and spend a lot of money until you get your first paying customer, right? Don't even worry about the other trappings of being a business. Get some paying customers. When you've got some money coming in through the door, now you're in business. Now you can go start spending money that you need to grow your business. But if you're going to spend money, don't go to the local retail store and pay retail, right? Go on eBay. Go on Craigslist. Buy stuff secondhand. Lots of small businesses start and don't continue, Right? Over, you know, I, I think the stat is 50% of small businesses fail within, you know, the first three to four years. So odds are there's somebody out there who's given something a try, can't make it work. Maybe they go back into the job market. There's stuff that you can pick up. Um, and it's also true in terms of if you want to advertise or market or do things like that, you know, 
it's a recession. There's some inventory that may not uh, be sold. There's, you know, opportunities that can present themselves where you can negotiate a pretty good deal. And, you know, the way that kind of, you know, advertising and marketing is changing is it's much more performance-driven. So you can require that, you know, test a little bit, spend a little money, see if it works. The most successful and the most savvy entrepreneurs out there, they know they don't spend a lot of money until they know it's going to work. And so, you know, tips and tricks like that can really help you kind of get started and find out if there's a bear there, find out if there is a market for your product or service, find out if you can make a go from uh, in this business. What is the mental shift that people need to make if they've been working at a corporate job, uh, been laid off through no fault of their own, can't really find a similar corporate job, and, and almost are forced to create their own business uh, to kind of keep things going. What is the mental shift that people need to go through to make that kind of transition? So it's, it's an enormous mental shift. And uh, my partner and Ben and I, we had to go through it. Uh, most entrepreneurs will tell you the same thing. It's a huge mental shift because everything is on you. You have ultimate accountability. If you're not out drumming up new clients, you have no money coming in. Uh, there's nobody else taking care of it for you. You have to do everything. So you have to be incredibly self-motivated. And I would say one of the, you know, it's not fun, but one of the side benefits of kind of going through this tough period of time, necessity will drive that behavior. Uh, when you absolutely have to have money coming in, you will learn the skills. If you're going to survive, you will learn the skills to get out there and network and find clients. You will get scrappy. So while it's you know, not necessarily going to be easy, at the end of the journey, you're going to be a lot better off for having done it. So you've seen a lot of people succeed despite their, their worries about being able to make that transition? What I would say is a lot of people have found a way to get by. Um, most people and most new businesses in general don't you know, end up being wildly successful right off the bat. It's always a lot harder than you think. That's the most common story we hear. It's what we've experienced ourselves. It's always a lot harder than you think. But the journey, the process of going through it, you learn so much more because you're forced to, right? And then the sense of accomplishment when things do start to go well, when you get that kind of inertia and you get that momentum and you figure out some things that work and are repeatable and you can start to, you know, you understand how to turn, you know, create a process for finding these customers and, you know, you, you learn to, you know, satisfy your customers and delight them so that they start recommending people. And now you get new business without having to do the work. And as you see that start to take off, that is when it gets really, really, you know, satisfactory. That's when people feel that sense of accomplishment and they recognize that it was them. They did it all. It was not somebody else helping them in a corporation. Um, and so, you know, as I mentioned, it's, it's tough, it's painful, it's hard to go through, but when you figure it out, it's a phenomenal feeling. One thing a lot of people are doing these days is multi-level marketing, uh, where it's kind of already set up for you, that you've already got the product, you've got the whole system, you just have to be out there selling and building your business. Do you think that's uh, a good way for a lot of people to get into small business? You know, I honestly, I can't really speak to it. Uh, we have maybe a handful of customers that I know of um, who are multi-level marketers and, and do things like that. Um, so I, I can't really say whether it's, it's a good business or not. Um, there are tons. I mean, people are finding some very creative ways 
uh, to earn a living. We see it a lot with the uh, people selling online who are taking something that was a hobby for years um, and finding ways to earn a living that way. We see a lot of people who uh, basically take uh, things that they're good at outside of their day jobs and trying to turn those into businesses. So probably more familiar and more able to speak to that uh, than some of the others. You talk about the uh, popularity of online software and services compared to traditional software and staffing. What kind of transition is happening uh, to the online world? Uh, it's a very rapid transition, and it's accelerating. Um, I think one of the biggest things that you see is the ability with an online application, you can just go in and get started. You can, it, it's almost like, you know, in many cases, try before you buy or try as soon as you buy. There's no installation. There's no setup or configuration. You don't have to worry about whether it works on a Mac or a PC, uh, which is, I mean, that's a big part of how we got started. We couldn't find a good program on the Mac. Um, so the ability to do that, and then you also get to benefit by, by having these online applications that can bring in new information, right? So we have, we have a blog that goes with our software, and we have you know, many experts who write about topics that are going to be of interest to the people using the software. So you know, if you have a question, a very common question we have uh, for people who work for themselves is, you know, in my bookkeeping, how do I handle when I pay myself, right? Well, when we hear questions like that, we can write a blog entry. We can explain to folks, and then as, as you're using the software, you have access to this information. You know, you are able to, with an online application, provide access to an accountant or bookkeeper. Um, so just the different ways, you know, the power of the Internet to enable communication between people, well, we're starting to see the power of, you know, its power to improve communication between different software solutions. And that's where when we talk about connecting to these you know, different providers to be able to pull in information, you know, for a, an eBay seller to be able to just click a button and all of their sales information just shows up and it's properly categorized, you know, that's kind of the power of having this stuff online. Terrific. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Kevin Reith, who is the CEO of Outright.com, spelled O-U-T-R-I-G-H-T.com. A uh, really helpful website for small businesses and entrepreneurs. We'll be back after this. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. 
If you're thinking of starting a business or are already in business, tune in as the kitchen table entrepreneur addresses business ownership concerns. Business novice or not, let the kitchen table entrepreneur help you each week as we present and discuss the meat and potato issues of starting and running a business. Join the discussion. There's always room for your thoughts and opinions. The Kitchen Table Entrepreneur is a valuable program you should be tuning into every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to talk football with the greatest wide receiver player and coach in NFL history? Tune in to Wide Open with Andre Rison. Andre is ready to talk to you and give his thoughts on the sport. There will be celebrity guests, coaches, players, artists, and more. He'll go beyond the game with a look from the coach's point of view and feature a high school player each week. Tune in to Wide Open with host Andre Rison. Featured Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Kevin Reith, who is the CEO of Outright.com. Welcome back to the show, Kevin. Thanks for having me. We were talking about uh, how things are going online today, both software and services, and you were saying the whole move towards open source source software has changed things. How is that changing things? Well, what it's basically done, it's uh, dramatically reduced the cost of starting a business. Um, There are so many solutions out there that you can just plug in and get started, and it also allows companies like ours to build very robust kind of applications that do a lot for you without having to spend a lot of money because the community of developers out there have contributed so much um, that, you know, the, the days of really expensive proprietary software are kind of fading into the background. And what that means for the small business owner is there are tons of resources out there they can use that are either free or very low cost because the companies providing them don't have the cost structure. I just wonder what the business models are of all these companies offering these wonderful things for free and in the past used to charge how they're all surviving. Well, you know, take some very big examples. Uh, So, for example, um, one of the best resources we recommend for folks is to use Skype to make phone calls. So there are so many people now using Skype, you can basically get on a headset, use your existing Internet connection you're paying for to do these calls, and especially to do calls overseas. And this is something you look at, you know, Skype just got spun out from eBay, but they um, are a rapidly growing business. Most of the... uh, the call volume is given away for free, but when you want to call out to somebody who's not on Skype, then they charge. The key is it doesn't cost them anywhere near as much money to offer their business as, you know, AT&T and Verizon and other folks. So, you know, that's the, the point around the open source software and some of the newer technology. You can actually create businesses that where you can charge far less than existing and established businesses, but you can get so many more people using it that you end up building a very profitable company. What are some other resources you recommend for small business and entrepreneurs? Certainly. So um, when you get started, you know, we're big fans of using some of the uh, online uh, website providers like Wix or Weebly, or you can even go, you know, buy a domain at Network Solutions or GoDaddy, get a WordPress blog, right? That's open source software. They, they provide that. And then use software like Gmail. 
because you can actually tie it in. You can go get a, a website domain and use Gmail to get an email address that ties to your domain, and it's got as much functionality as Outlook or anything that you used in your big companies. Um, if you have a website, you want to know who your best customers are that are coming in, use Google Analytics. Completely free, and it can track your traffic and tell you where all the people uh, are who are coming in. There's other great online resources. You know, we, we tend to tell customers most of their initial, you know, the early customers and early sales are not going to come from advertising. It's going to come from referrals and networking. So get out there. Get on LinkedIn, right? It's a great solution. Get you out there. In fact, when uh, my co-founder Ben and I started our web development company, LinkedIn was our number two source of new customers outside of just referrals from friends and family that we knew. So get on LinkedIn. Use sites like meetup.com to kind of organize with other entrepreneurs or other experts to get out there and network. So, you know, there's, there's tons of this. And I mentioned before, if you're going to buy things for your business, you know, you know, office equipment or, you know, computers or things like that, buy secondhand, buy off of eBay, buy off of Craigslist. Um, if you do get big enough and you want office space, go on Craigslist and find, you know, local office space where people aren't paying a ton of money in listing fees to get your attention. So, there's tons of resources out there, and they cost, you know, nothing or next to nothing uh, to use them, and they can really kind of help you figure out if you've got a business. So basically what you're saying is if you use all these tools that are available online and uh, buying things cheap and so on, you, you could actually it, – it's the best of times to buy – to start a small business, really, is what you're saying. Yeah, you can find out very quickly, and I, I think that's the biggest challenge is you want to you discover as quickly as possible – whether you've really got something, whether you can find repeat, you know, you can find first-time customers, new customers. Can you get them to buy from you a second, third time? Um, can you be profitable? You know, as quickly as you can do that. Unless you're a venture-backed firm like us, you need to find out quickly whether you can make money. Can you charge enough for your product or service? What are your costs? So, yeah, use the fact that you know we're in a down economy to keep your costs as low as possible. Use these free or nearly free online services. Keep your costs down. Focus on getting paying customers and figure out how you can increase that over time. Have you seen uh, viral marketing uh, work for some of your customers? Uh, I would say the, the viral marketing, we see a lot of people talking about Facebook and Twitter and things like that. And what it really comes down to is it's, it's kind of an extension of word of mouth that we see. The people who do a really good job servicing their customers, and this is, you know, this has been true for generation upon generation upon generation. The best way to grow your business is to have customers who love what you do so much they will recommend for you. And what Facebook and Twitter and all the, the kind of social media and viral marketing tools, what they basically do is they provide an easier way for those customers to broadcast that message. So really the first thing we, you know, we, we tell people and we hear customers talk about is, get your existing customers to love you, right, so that they'll recommend you. And that's how, you know, then establish relationships online and use some of these viral elements uh, to kind of get that recommendation out there. And so if you have a good reputation, it spreads fast. If you have a bad reputation, it spreads fast as well, I guess. That's right. So social marketing and viral marketing doesn't help you if you're not doing a good job for you. <laughs> Indeed. Are there things you think could be done at the national level uh, to make it easier on uh, small businesses? Um, they're certainly talking about small businesses and stimulating jobs, so they're about to have a job summit. What, what are some of the things you think could be done to help real small businesses in the real world today? 
Absolutely. So one of the things we talked about earlier with the home office deduction, there was actually legislation that was passed or introduced into Congress in the summer of 2008, and it never saw the light of day. Basically died in committee. Um, the ability, we talked about the stats to simplify the home office deduction, to take away that fear and anxiety. That's a big chunk of money that could flow to the pockets of the great, you know, 52 or 53% of businesses that are home-based. Um, that would be just, you know, a very simple thing that, that at a national level you could do, and it, it reduces the, you know, record-keeping burden as well. Uh, you could also do things for people who have inventory. Um, you can simplify the ability for tracking inventory and cost of goods sold, uh, not, you know, requiring the level of burden there. Um, there could be things we could do. Uh, they did a good job last year, actually, when gas prices were uh, skyrocketing and they increased the standard allowance for the mileage deduction up to 58.5 cents. It's since come back down to 55 cents. But, you know, staying on top of that and keeping track of, you know, those kind of fuel costs, those are some of the things uh, that I think folks could do. Um, the degree to which they could help uh, banks free up credit for very small business owners I think would be very, very helpful. A lot of these folks, especially anybody who's got inventory, uh, anybody who needs working capital, restaurants, you know, local merchants, uh, they're really struggling with this right now because a big part of their business is being able to buy stuff that they need to sell. And if they don't have access, you know, good access to credit, they're really stuck. So those are some of the, the themes that we hear from our customers, the, the very, you know, smallest of the small businesses. And how about in the education area as far as teaching people how to become good small business owners? What can be done in that area? Well, if we could add that as part of the curriculum for everybody graduating high school, that would be awesome. Um, what we see with a lot of our customers, the stories we hear is a lot of people got into their business through family. You know, they learned it from their parents. They learned it from a relative. They learned it from somebody who's been there and done that because uh, there's a lot of stuff that you don't learn. You don't, you don't even learn about it necessarily in business school. You learn how to manage, you know, at much larger companies. But, you know, again, what does it take to get out there and find your first five customers? What are the tips and tricks? Um, how do you think about stuff like that? And educating people about the deductions, you know, what they can write off, how to structure your business. Uh, I think it's very valuable. And as we see increasingly more and more people, you know, of the, the U.S. workforce, more and more self-employed people, independent contractors, as this takes up more and more of the workforce, I think that's going to benefit people greatly. Very good. Well, it's really fascinating talking to you, Kevin. Uh, my guest this hour has been Kevin Reith, uh, whose uh, website is outright.com. Certainly helps a lot of sole proprietors and small businesses. Thanks for being on the show, Kevin. Thanks for having me. And I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back again next week. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.